Previously, Dr. Silence Quiet and his housekeeper, the inestimable Mrs. Humble, were summoned from London to Arkham, Massachusetts, to investigate a legend-haunted homestead infamous for sucking the very life from its residents. To their surprise, they found local supernatural scholar Randolph Bold already at the scene. In the sinister cellar, they awoke a malignant spirit, which took the life of a plucky young realtor and is now enveloped Bold in its psychokinetic tendrils. Will it destroy him, too? Find out in the continuing adventures of Quiet and Bold, Consultants Paraordinary. Case file number one, The Scorned House, part two. Let go of him, you protoplasmic pig! Just hang on in there, Bold, but I won't lie. If you'll pardon my language, you're in a blasted pickle. Can't hold it! Great God! What is that unholy gibberish? It's French. No! Psychic barrier breaking! Can't contain it much longer! Quiet! Help me! Think. Thinking. Thought forming. Right. I have what might generously be described as a hypothesis as to the shadow of an inkling of a notion of a theory of the very slimmest possibility of eight-tenths of a semi-plan. That's better than a handful of note. But first, I... Oh, dash it, there's no other way. Mrs. Humble, you must help me transfer the entity to a new host. Oh, no, sir. That's very noble of you, but you can't risk yourself like that. Good God, not me. Of course not me. Well, I'm not having a head full of chatty Frenchmen. Nor would I ever sacrifice you. I simply couldn't bear it. Having to teach a new servant how I like my shirts. Oh, sir, you're not just saying that. Uh, little help. Still dying up here. Yes, chin up, old chap. Right, trust me, Mrs. Humble. Open all resonator valves. Sir, I won't. All at once could destabilise the very fabric of everything. Do it. Also, help me, I'll tell your sister the secret ingredient in your prize-winning Genoa cake is just simple. <gasps> you wouldn't. Can you risk it? Well, if you want to spoil a perfectly good dimension... Now, I'll synchronise the Psychotron while you bring me mittens. Uh, either you're a lot colder than me or I misheard that. The cat! Bring the cat! God help me, I named him. I tore up them steps like a whippet at Christmas and grabbed the cat, pausing only to notice his paws clearly matched his body, so I've no idea how the doctor had arrived at Mittens. I'd have called him Ginger. Anyway, dashing back down to that dingy dungeon, I placed Ginger, uh, the cat, in the centre of the electric cruciform. Please know, I am truly sorry. If there were any other way... It's okay, Prof. Just do it! I was talking to Mittens... Well, uh, right, quickly, Mrs. Humble, tie the pointy stick to the the thing. You mean attach the etheric harpoon to the cruciform's flux conduit via the triaxial proton tether? Oh, yes, yes, you're not so petrified you can't remember the names of things. We can find you a medal later. No need for that. Try sucking on this, you psycho-vampiric swine. 
as Dr. Quiet plunged the business end of the spark-spewing harpoon into that see-through slime beast. A great arc of lightning shot between it and the apparatus, drawing the creature right into that poor Moggy, and Mr. Bold dropped to the floor like a sack of wet tripe. That nearly liquefied me. Awesome! Quiet, you did it! I did something. Something woefully temporary. We're not out of the woods? Afraid not, love. We're still blundering round and with no map, a busted compass and a lunchbox of confusion sandwiches. Precisely. It won't be long before... (coughs) Whoop, there it is. It's growing. Mutating, actually. Well, transmogrifying, if you want to get technical. No, technical would be transmuting. If you'll permit me, sirs, may I propose a fairly brisk retreat? Once again proving he can be surprisingly sprightly when terrified, Dr. Quiet exited the cellar in a flash while I helped poor Mr. Bold up the stairs and out the house, leaving little Ginger transforming into a sight almost beyond description. Although kitten squid tentacle blob pretty much covers it. Right, any more bright ideas? We wouldn't need any more ideas if this dunce hadn't thought he could vanquish a Valence Nine presence with a bucket of chalk and a werewolf's tooth. Me? I had it all under control until you came blundering in with your electric doodads and ruined everything. Uh, ruined? Without those doodads, you'd be dead. You mean like Violet? Without you spooking her, she wouldn't be. Now steady on, sir. Yeah, steady on, you shabby shaman. You can hush up too, you bickering baby. I beg your pardon. Honestly, you're squabbling like two tired tots. Look, ma'am, I don't think you understand. I understand you both need dummies in your gobs. Doctor, young Mr. Bowl can manifest powerful apparitions with a click of his fingers and a book full of squiggles. He's clearly a force to be reckoned with. My mom always said so. Once when sober. And Mr. Bold, you may only have known him for two shakes of a vicar's whiskers, but I've seen Dr. Quiet assemble a functioning Spengler coil from a toaster and a valve radio while chest deep in a peat bog. True. Now, if you two are even half the men I'm trying to convince you you are, you'll get in there and send that bilious beggar back to where it came from with its tentacle between its other ones. Will you get my drift? I do. And, yet again, my invaluable Mrs. Humble reminds me of something I all too often forget. I am the greatest paranormal expert who ever lived. Well, I didn't actually say that. Let's pummel this pan-dimensional parasite to a pulp! Exactly. How? Returning it to its own dimension would be relatively straightforward, had we a handy power source roughly on par with the sun. And there are mystical means, but they'd involve calling up another entity much worse than this one. And a few dozen human sacrifices. Not to discourage you, gents, but anything else? Well, little mittens won't contain it much longer, that's for sure. Oh, what if we redirect it again? Uh, find another host? No creature can hold it, feline, human or otherwise. But what about a place? Ho, ho, ho! I like where you're going with this. You thinking what I'm thinking? I just might be. The house! Connecticut! What? Oh, no, forget it. You're right. A house makes way more sense. Right resonance, bound to the thing already. What was that about, Connecticut? Nothing. Moving on. I know a hex that could trap it within the fabric of the building, but no. It'd take too long. That thing would rip me to giblets before I got my first chant out. You leave that to me. Me and my prismatic latticed radium projector. Don't know what that is, but your tone inspires confidence. Sirs, I hate to be a wet blanket, or damp bed linen of any kind, but that radium projector's not been tested. Testing's for scientists. I am a scientist, but we have no choice. Bold, do you have your magic spell ready? Lose the tone, Lord Snooty. And yes. Very well. Engaging prismatic latticed radium projector. Prismatic latticed radium projector engaged. Now, I have 30 seconds of charge at most. Will that be enough? 
If it isn't, we won't have to worry about it very long. Right. Mrs. Humble, you'll remain here. Oh, sir. Why'd you bother? Back inside, we could hear the creature right at the cellar door. It had grown, swelled up like bread dough in a washerwoman's apron. Right. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. Meaning no. Listen, in case we don't make it, I just want to say, you guys are the best. No, you hush your Yankee yammering. You get ready to fire that thing and I'll get the door. On the count of three. One, two... A huge mass of tentacles, sickeningly slimy, but with the odd tuft of ginger fur, burst from the cellar, scattering us like skittles. Yeah, I've dropped the projector. Yep, my book's gone too. There, Mrs. H, it's by your foot. Yeah, it's got my leg. It's pulling me towards the door. Doing everything myself for a change, I kicked Mr. Bold's book to him, then grabbed the projector and gave what for to the thing wrapped around the doctor's ankle. Take that, you rascal! Pick on someone who doesn't pay my wages! Yes, it let go. Now, keep firing! Incantation time! Hold it as long as you can. I'm serious here. Oh, just hush up and stop wizarding. Bashanti, Baltour, Watum, Langor, Sinibas, Forala. Oh, this gadget's getting very hot, sir. I think it might be another one of your exploders. No, hold on. I'll adjust the particle flow. Kratkan, Sitarak, Kratkan, Sitarak, Rotsa. It's still roasting. If we don't stop, it'll blow. No, keep firing. Just Kratkan, Sitarak, Rotsa. Uh. Oh. Finally! I always wanted to be covered in goo. We'll never get this out of tweed. We'll see about that. You okay, ma'am? Right as rain, thank you, sir. Well, my hands are a bit singed, but it's not a dab of lard what fix. Look! The slime! It's seeping into the walls. Great Newton's apple, I think we've done it. We should get out of here while it gets used to its new form. We're right in the tummy of the beast. We hurried back out to the street. The house itself were breathing. The walls pulsed in and out, and the whole building swayed like a Spaniard on payday. And now we destroy it. And destroy means destroy. Every beam, plank, knick-knack, and rat crap. I guess acid might do it. Just a couple hundred gallons. But (sighs) my acid guy's out of town. That won't be necessary, Bold. You know, there are many things I'm not. Foolish, modest, Welsh. But above all, I am never unprepared. Mrs. Humble? Flamethrower, sir? Need you even ask. Nice! Don't suppose you got two? What self-respecting scientist would leave the house with one? So I fueled up Ethel and Doris and helped Quiet and Bold strap them on. Then, while I checked some paperwork and briefly tended to my wounds, which were in fact quite severe, the two gentlemen set about the one activity that can unite all men in true contentment. Burning things. <laughs> Ah, nicely done. Those curtains should go up a treat. So how did an upright citizen like you get into Monsters and Mayhem? Oh, that's a long, long story. Can you paraphrase? Well, a military man, years ago, buboteric fever, caught it in the colonies. Sounds painful. And saw some, well, things. Might I do this armchair? Fire away. And you've been looking for things ever since. Yeah, I suppose so. Though genuine articles are few and far between. Well, at least back in England. Uh, what about yourself? You've been a warlock long? Oh, a few years now. Could I get this beautiful antique dresser? It's all yours. 
I'm afraid I'm just the usual cliche. A guy who studied math at Miskatonic, met a girl, and got into the occult. Maths doesn't lead to the occult. It does in this town. So, you have a female partner. Not anymore. Left me, out of the blue. Don't know why she went, or where. But <laughs> you know women. No, no I don't. Ah, the uh, <coughs> authorities have arrived. I wouldn't sweat it. I got a pretty great team of lawyers. You must have... What, you? Really? Sure. Well, I have Mrs. Humble. Uh, she has rather a knack for these things. <coughs> Shall we <coughs> perhaps step outside? <coughs> Why not? <coughs> Excuse me, if both fire and policemen could look this way. Thank you. Your valiant services will not be required. This is an expertly controlled thermodemolition, and this is the paperwork to prove it. Hold it right there. I'll take that. And who might you be, sir? I might be Detective Frank Burke, lady. Well, that copy's yours, Detective. You'll find everything's in order. In order? <laughs> Where is he? He, sir. Don't play dumb with me, Miss T and Crumpets. I knew it. Soon as I heard the report. Spooky house, crazy noises, and the destruction of another local landmark. Where is that tomb-raiding little creep? Evening, Frank. <laughs> oh, I got you this time, Bold. Red-handed with your, uh... Is that a flamethrower? That is the thermal demolition apparatus, sir, yes. This dump needed fumigating, Burke, with extreme prejudice. The owners will thank us. Ha! I know the owners, and the Green Society ain't gonna be thanking nobody. You're all coming downtown. Oh, why trouble yourself, sir? As you'll see if you read that contract or have somebody read it to you, my employer was fully authorised to eliminate the infestation by whatever means necessary. What, burning the place down don't defeat the purpose? Ah, officer, I see you're blissfully unacquainted with Karnaki spores. Once those blackguards get in your woodwork, there's nothing to be done but prevent spreading to the neighbours. A public service we are happy to provide. It's not really for me to say, but we're heroes of a sort. But no, wait, you can't... It's all there, sir. Signed in triplicate and quite legally binding. And I'm sure my lawyers all agree. Ugh, those bloodsuckers. <sighs> okay, Bold, you weasel your way out of another mess, but I'm watching you. And on that glorious day when you really slip up, I'll be there. Fine, Frank. Just let us know ahead of time and you can have a flamethrower too. Ah! I say, that was rather fun. You guys are something else. Thank you, Bold. <clears throat> oh, yes, uh, and I don't mind saying it's quite possible that without your expertise, we probably couldn't have performed the task nearly so quickly. Hmm. By nearly so quickly, do you mean at all? Certainly not. But I am generously conceding that your quirky mumbo-jumbo did appear to have some small effect. Small? I take it all back. You, sir, are a jerk. Well, you're a cad. Blue nose. Bounder. Enough sailor talk. There's a lady present. Where? You two know full well you've saved each other's bacon, egg and sausage today. You're going to need each other if we're to stop what's coming. What is coming? Mr. Bold, what do you know of this green society? They're a charity? I think. No, art club. Are they restaurant critics? Why would any of them be buying up haunted houses? That does seem odd. And how did you learn about this place? Oh, I managed to sneakily overhear these two guys talking about it at a diner. They said the place was possessed by an otherworldly force, then loudly repeated the address over and over while drinking their water. Yes, again, that's odd. I know. Not even ordering pie? Do you frequent this diner? Do I? Blue plate special every other day. 
Hmm, seems you were set up, old man. As were we, sir, which is exactly why you should stick together. Well, I'm game. Professors, bold and quiet. You're not a professor. Positions magnificent. Sounds good to me. Come on, I'll buy you a coffee. And you gotta try one of these new cheeseburgers. I almost certainly don't want to know what that is. But make it tea, and it's a deal. We never did figure out which hotel the estate agent had booked for us, so we stopped the night at Mr Bold's house. Well, I say house, mansion more like. Why someone with his money can't run a comb through his hair or learn to properly button a cardigan is beyond me. It was the very next day he received the blessed telegram that ended us up in flipping Innsmouth. But that's another tale for another time. If we'd known then what we know now about the Green Society, quiet and bold might not be lost at all. But I'll not lose hope. Somewhere in the doctor's notes I'll find a clue as to what happened in Antarctica. But now I'm off to bed. Sleep well yourself. I wish I could. So concludes the scorned house. But who really hired Dr. Quiet? Who sent that ominous telegram? And what dread fate befell our not-quiet heroes in the long-cursed seaport of Innsmouth? Find out next time in Quiet and Bold, The Innsmouth Bride. Quiet and Bold was written and produced by Greg Johnson and Chris Lackey, with performances by Rachel Lackey, Greg Johnson, Chris Lackey, Chad Pfeiffer and Andrew Lehman, and sound design and music by Greg Johnson. For more, go to quietandbold.com. <laughs>